Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. so glad that you're here today. What a wonderful weekend. Hasn't it been a great weekend? For a few people, they're like, Pastor, it started snowing this weekend. That's, I don't, we can get past it, guys. Winter's not here yet. We're still in fall. Uh, we had a phenomenal day yesterday uh, as Aaron and Courtney Granados got married. It was phenomenal. It was an outside service, and I never wanted a blanket so much in my life. Uh, it was a little chilly, but we had a phenomenal time. Several of our church are still up in the Wapaka area, uh, continuing to celebrate this weekend, but what a great time with them. So the next time you see Aaron and Courtney, uh, please make sure to, to tell them congratulations. Uh, I'm Eric, uh, my name is Eric. I'm the lead pastor here. We're so excited you're here for our worship experience today. And look, it is a little bit like a jelly-filled donut today. It is jam-packed, and it is starting to come out the sides. We've got so much that we want to do today and acknowledge today. We're going to have an amazing time with the Lord, amazing time in worship, dynamite message, and I just know God's going to touch and change and transform your heart. So if you're a guest with us this morning, we would love for you to stop by our round table that's in our foyer. We've got a couple free gifts that we'd like to put in your hands. Some of our board members will be out there. They'd love to introduce themselves to you and get to know you uh, a little bit better at the end of service. We do giving a little bit differently here than maybe other churches you've been to. We have a giving box in our foyer. We'll pray over our offering at the end of service, and you can give in the giving box as you exit uh, the sanctuary at the end of our worship experience. I do have a couple of announcements to share with you this morning, uh, but is Ron Fader in the building? Ron, could you step in for just a minute? Yeah, Ron was out on a call, but uh, this week Ron was honored with over 50 years of service for our fire department, so let's acknowledge that this morning. Ron, thank you for serving Ripon and surrounding communities and our church. So... That's right. You're not done. You can't retire yet. Uh, God's still using Ron in some great ways. Uh, well, this morning, it, uh, it's, a, it's a little bit different. I want to take us in the future for just a little bit. Can I talk about Christmas today for just a moment? In fact, let's just set the tone for a moment. Maybe we can get the, yeah, let's just move to Christmas just for a minute, just for a minute. Um, but I want to talk about Christmas because it's going to be here right around the corner. And starting here in just a few weeks, really, we are going to start gearing up for Christmas and some great activities that you can be involved in. And so for the first one, as we talked about this last week, Operation Christmas Child. Uh, we want to bless kids that would otherwise not get a Christmas gift this, this year to be able to give them a, I can't think of a better, a gift box out in the foyer. There's also a pamphlet that tells you exactly what to pack in here, what not to pack in here. And we ask, don't, please do not seal the boxes because they do have to be opened up uh, by the Operation Christmas Child staff before they're shipped overseas. So 
Uh, and then $10, please include $10 uh, to cover the shipping cost of your box. That would be phenomenal. So we've got Operation Christmas Child happening, and please turn those in by Sunday, November 13th, so we can get those to the distribution center. Uh, this year's Christmas theme for our church is nothing else fit for a king. And it's something that I'm very excited about. We're going to be introducing some new worship music as the Christmas season comes in. Uh, we're just, this is going to be the thing that God's going to speak to our hearts about. What can we possibly give back to the king who gave everything to us? And so we're going to have a great Christmas season. Starting on Wednesday, November 2nd through December 14th, we're going to have a Bible study on Wednesday night called the Christmas Experience. I'll be leading that. We'd love for you to come and be a part of that. The next two weeks, Mike will be leading our Wednesday night Bible study uh, because I'm going to be on vacation. Uh, but Mike is going to do a phenomenal job. But when I get back, we'll start that new Christmas series. And then we've got some great events planned. On Friday, December 2nd, we'd like to be part of the Christmas parade. And we've worked out and negotiated a deal. It was a tough deal. Uh, but uh, Chris Kafer's donkey, Jenny, and I have an understanding. And so here are some marshmallows. Here's our first payment for being in the parade. Um, if you would... Oh, hey, no problem. I, I, I don't want her nibbling on me at the day of the parade. Um, and so uh, we're going to have a phenomenal time at the parade. And if you would like to be a part of that, that is something that we can absolutely do. We've got a meeting on November 6th to talk about that after the service. Uh, we're going to do a shepherd's theme uh, because that's going to run right into our Christmas services. And so everything's going to kind of revolve around the shepherd's interaction with the Christmas story. Then on Saturday, December 3rd, we've got an opportunity to do a living window downtown. Uh, we've signed up for that. If you've been a part of Dickens in the past, you may know what the living windows are. This year's theme for downtown is Christmas characters. So guess what we're going to do? The shepherds <laughs> and their interaction with the Christmas story. And so we don't know what business we'll be teaming up with yet, but we'll find that out in the near future. If you'd like to be a part of that, again, that meeting we'll have on Sunday, November 6th. We'd love to have as many people as part of that as possible. We can rotate people in and out. We can do all sorts of things. But if you'd like to be a part of that, uh, come to that meeting. Then we're shooting to do some caroling as a church on Sunday, December 18th. We'll have our kids' program, kids, kids Christmas program on Sunday, December the 11th. Uh, we're planning to do a Christmas Eve service Saturday uh, on Christmas Eve. Imagine that, Christmas Eve service on Christmas Eve. On a Saturday at 4 p.m., and then uh, Sunday, or Sunday morning will be Christmas, and we'll do a 10 a.m. Christmas service. So great opportunities to be involved plug in and invite people to come be a part of the worship experience. We've got a lot of things that we're going to cover today. I'm going to ask the worship team to come at this time. We're going to have special prayer in a little bit, um, and we're going to delay dismissing kids a little bit this morning, but we are going to dismiss you guys eventually, uh, but we're going to have a great time with the Lord this morning. Are you excited to be in God's house? Yes. Would you stand to your feet this morning, because I want to pray over us and over this worship experience. God, we come before you this morning to wait upon you. Lord, we may have walked through the doors, Lord, with our own agenda, our own plans for the day. But Lord, we lay them down at your feet. Because God, I believe you have something special for each and every person that's here today. God, may this house be a house of miracles. May your spirit be moving in this place through the hallways and into the lives in our hearts, and our minds. God, I pray this morning your spirit would show up in a powerful way. God, that you would, you would begin to move on people's bodies that need a healing. That, God, you would move in people's minds that need encouragement. 
You would move in people's hearts who need hope today because brand name. And we surrender. And God's people said, Amen. let's worship the Lord this morning. Mike, would you lead us? Amen. Today at Hillside, we're going to sing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs, as the scripture says. And on Wednesday night, Kathy and I are going to lead a hymn sing. On Wednesday night at 6.30, a, a guided hymn sing called This Is My Story, This Is My Song. Of course, that's a line from Blessed Assurance. Today, we'd like to sing To God Be the Glory. Please join us. sing a song today. It's a song that we just introduced recently. It's called Honey in the Rock. There's honey in the rock, water in the stone, manna on the ground, no matter where I go. I don't have to worry now that I know 
Everything I need you've got, there's honey in the rock. I'm praying for a miracle, thirsty for the living well, only you can satisfy. Sweet heart to see there's honey in the rock. There's honey in the rock. There's honey in the rock. There's freedom in Christ. Freedom where the spirit is. Bounty in the wilderness. You will always satisfy. Let's sing it together. There's honey in the rock. Water in the stone, then on the ground, no matter where I go, I don't have to worry now that I know, everything you need I've got, there's money in the rock, purpose in your plan, power in the blood, healing in your hands, started flowing when you said it is done, everything you need's enough, I keep looking.
man, no matter what we face, no matter what trials or struggles or hardships we go through, God's got everything that you need in the palm of his hand this morning. If you know that you need God to just touch your life in a special way today, would you just raise your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. It's just between you and God. You need a touch from God today. Lord, you see the hands raising across this place today. Lord, I believe your Holy Spirit's about to do some amazing thing in people's lives. Lord, as we preach the word, I pray that your presence would begin to flow through. The... God, I know that miracles are is in your you are going to take care of these situations you're going to mend wounds that need to be healed you're going to empower people to walk strongly through the season in life that they're facing Lord, we give you praise glory and in jesus name amen amen you can be seated this morning well you may have noticed this morning i'm wearing my bgmc sweatshirt that's because in two weeks, we're going to ask you to turn in your buddy barrels. Uh, if you don't know what a buddy barrel is, um, here's what I'm going to have you do. I'm going to give you a little assignment. After service today, would you contact our children's pastor? Because she would love to talk to you at the end of service. She'd love to tell you all about BGMC, what the Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge is all about. And if you don't have a buddy barrel, I bet she could get you one. Because uh, if you've been saving up your change, uh, this is all from my laundry machine. And so uh, I, I want to make sure it goes into the BGMC offering. So Miss Jackie, would you come up here? And you can bring all the kiddos too. All the kids for Kids Church, come on up here really quick. You guys are going to be helping out with the service in two weeks. We're going to dismiss you guys to Kids Church. We are taking over on the third. I know, it's going to be phenomenal. So Thank you so much. We'll yeah. make sure that gets to Buddy. Come on, guys. You gotta get, we got to move. Like, you didn't know you had to wear sneakers for church today. You got to move. Hey, would you do this? We don't, we don't often get a chance to just come on over, guys. Come on I love new friends. You guys do high fives? All right, come on. Oh, that's the best one of the day. Hey, I just want to pray over our kids really quick. Is that cool? Let's do that. Would you stretch out a hand this morning? Lord, we thank you so much for the generation you are raising up in our church. God, I pray that their eyes would be open. They would see things that none of us have ever seen before in the kingdom of God. Lord, I pray that they would see miracles. And Lord, just not here, and just not here in the building or on our campus. God, I pray they would see miracles at their school. They see miracles in their community. They would see the hand of God work in their neighborhood and their friends' lives. And Lord, I pray you would raise up young people with a passionate heart, Lord, to serve you in many incredible, mighty ways. We give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, amen. amen. We love our kids at Hillside. You guys have an amazing time downstairs. I think Jeb's doing rules for you guys. When you get down there, you're going to have a great time. Goodbye, guys. Hey, I, I'm so excited. You guys are going to have a great time the next two weeks. Next week, Pastor, or not Pastor, but Dr. Nelson will be with us, giving us an update on the mission trip to Kenya this last summer. Incredible stories, incredible testimonies. He's working on a, very, a couple special things. We're not sure if it's going to work out or not, but I'm hoping it will. You guys are going to have a great time while we're gone. And then, of course, Jackie will be preaching in two weeks. Uh, she's going to knock it out of the park. Uh, so you guys are going to have a great time. And then we'll be back.
uh, next month, and we're going to continue in the book of Acts, and that's what we're doing today. We're picking back up in the book of Acts. We started this two weeks ago, and I just want to recap where we've been. The book of Acts is really about inspiring us as the church to make disciples as we go, to make disciples as we go. As we're doing life, we're going to make disciples. We're going to bring people on a journey with Jesus. That is the calling of the church. Let's look back in Scripture, and we'll go over the points that we talked about here uh, the last time. Let's look at Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. In my former book, Theolophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Jerusalem, but wait, which you have heard me speak about, Holy Spirit. Then he gathered around him and asked him, Lord, many of, let's try this again. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Because remember, they thought this was all about overthrowing Roman oppression. That's not what Jesus was doing at all. He came to set them free spiritually. And there is a freedom that no matter what you're going through, no matter what, what out here is happening in your life and putting pressure on you, you can still have freedom, peace, and power in your life through the gospel. So they said, hey, will you restore the kingdom of Israel at this time? He said to them, it is not for you to know the time or the date the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sights. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going. When suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who was taken from you into heaven will come back the same way you have seen him go into heaven. So amazed by what transpired. Remember, they were on this emotional roller coaster for the last two months. It was this high in ministry. Things couldn't be better to Jesus being arrested, tortured, crucified. They thought ministry was completely over. They had wasted three years of their life. Jesus is then resurrected. They're not quite sure what's going on. He shows up. They think he's a ghost. Then he's like, hey, give me some of that fried fish. I'm not a ghost. I can eat this fish. I mean, the emotional roller coaster that they had been on, now they're standing here going, Jesus just went up to the sky. They're like, we don't even know what to think anymore. Like, well, what do we do? Then these guys in white show up and go, hey, 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 remember what Jesus said? (laughs) You got to wait for the promise that he's got for you. And that's really what we're talking about, the promise that he has. The early church had no idea what to do or what to expect. They were absolutely clueless, but this wasn't to their detriment. It was to their benefit because all they had to do was trust. And they didn't have to have the entire blueprint. They just needed the next step that they had to take in faith. What's the next handhold? We talked about climbing one of those... uh, climbing rigs, right? Those walls that you can do to to simulate climbing a mountain. You want to make sure that the handhold or the foothold that you've got will bear your weight. All we need to know is where to put the next hand, where to put our next foot, and to make sure it's on solid ground. 
that it's in the word of God, and we will be okay. God's plan will unveil itself over time. We just need to be faithful to the next step in the journey. And then we talked about not to get ahead of God. We've got to learn to wait on God, which is a hard thing for us to do. And we talked about how sometimes, if we're just really honest, we go, well, I can't wait. I have to move forward because this is too important. Because this is ministry after all. I can't wait. I've got to do it right now. I can't afford to wait. I can't afford to slow down. But we know that the truth and the word says that we cannot afford not to. We've got to learn to be able to wait on God. Because every time that God's people have gotten ahead of God, bad things end up happening. And we talked about the marshmallow illustration. I gave away all my marshmallows, so I can't throw any today. Uh, but Chris Kafer would be happy to throw you some later, later after the service if you really want one. But we talked about the marshmallow illustration. And in a well-known study uh, on delayed gratifications, researchers invited young children to eat one marshmallow right away or wait for a few minutes to receive two marshmallows. And after observing the results um, and, and following the children for many years, Stanford University researchers determined that children who waited for two marshmallows grew up to be more mature, more successful adults than those who didn't wait. And what we want to do is be able to wait on our blessing that God has for you. I want you to learn to wait on God and have two marshmallows. What God has for you is so much better if we can learn to wait. We want to wait on the Lord and not bulldoze our way forward into ministry or life. Because when we do that, basically what we say is, we're doing my will in the name of God. And that is not what God has for you. So that brings us to today. The disciples were told not to leave Jerusalem, but wait for my Father's promise, which you have heard me speak about. So let's find out exactly what the disciples did. Let's look back in Acts chapter 1. We'll start in verse 12 this time. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olive, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James, all these with one accord were devoted, devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers and sisters, the scriptures had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in our ministry. With the payment he received for his wickedness, Judas brought a field. There he fell headlong, his body burst open, and all of his intestines spilled out. That's kind of gross. Everyone in Jerusalem, it's like, let's have lunch now. I've been to church. Great. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this. So they called that field in their language, yep, they call it that. You can read it for yourself. It's right there. The field of blood. For, um, for, for, said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms, may his place be deserted. Let there be no one to dwell in it, and many another, may another take his place of leadership. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men 
who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph called uh, Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which one of these two men you have chosen to take over his apostolistic ministry, which Judas left. Now, when it talks about apostolistic ministry, basically that means ministry of new works. Today, when we talk about apostles, we don't have apostles in the church, but we, we, that role is fulfilled by church planners and missionaries, people doing new works for the kingdom. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias. So he was added to the 11 apostles, bringing their number back to 12. So what I want to talk to you today about is while you wait. While you wait. What do we do when we're waiting on the Lord? And to answer that question, we've got to actually ask a couple questions. What is waiting on the Lord? What does it mean to wait on the Lord? Waiting is what happens between the promise and the fulfillment. I know a lot of us would just like to go, God gives the promise, day number two, fulfillment. And sometimes it works that way, but sometimes it doesn't. And let's just be honest, for a lot of us in this room, we're impatient. We want the promise today. We want the Burger King version of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> My way, right away. Leader, Fulfillment. Fulfillment, that's God's part. What we do in between is our part of the partnership with God. We've got to learn how to wait on the Lord. Waiting is what happens between the promise and fulfillment. If we learn to wait on the Lord, we will see him do great things. Sometimes God uses waiting to help us see his will more clearly, to embrace it more joyfully. Sometimes God uses the moments in between where we wait on him to heal an issue in our heart or our mind. Sometimes something that we didn't even know was an issue, that there was brokenness in us that we were unaware of, that God wants to make whole. Just because we can't see God at work doesn't mean he is not at work. We don't always see what God is doing behind the scenes. It's above our pay grade. But I guarantee you, God is working through the hardships and challenges of your life to do something great, first in you and then through you. The how and the why are God's responsibility. But waiting is our responsibility. Psalms 37, 7 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways when they carry out their wicked schemes. Look, and I know some of us have been in workplaces before and we see people who have no lifestyle at all that shows that they're following Jesus, believing in Jesus, maybe even have hope that Jesus exists. And we see them with blessings in their life or what we perceive as blessings in their life. They get the promotion. They've got the nicer car. They've got the bigger house. Look at their kids and how perfect their kids are on their Facebook page. They're not that perfect, all right? They got a good picture. That's the only thing that happened there. But let me tell you, all that is superficial. It's on the surface. Because what you don't see is every person like that out there, there's an emptiness in their hole, a hole in their heart. Because they don't have Christ. 
And they work so hard to make everything out here look good, but they're so empty in here. Don't seek out to try to do life their way. Don't get jealous of them because God has a timetable for you and his blessings are bigger and greater than anything that the world tries to do their way or anything the enemy would try to sell you on. God's way is better. God's way is better and it brings you joy walking in God's ways. So the question we might ask next is, what can I do while I wait on the Lord? The most constructive thing that we can do while we wait on the Lord and his timing is to focus on what we know for sure. Look, waiting on the Lord does not mean, this couch goes way down. I may have trouble getting out of here. I've preached us a message from here. It doesn't mean you sit on the couch and twiddle your thumbs. I'll just wait on the Lord. You guys have fun at church today. I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to rest in his word right here. That's not what God calls us to. That's not, that's not the waiting that Jesus wants for us or the Holy Spirit leads us into. Let's look at what the disciples did to be our example of how we wait on the Lord. Number one, they were in one accord. Verse 14, all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the woman and with the with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. One accord. The key phrase here is with one accord, a phrase that is found six more times in the book of Acts. It's an important thing. It was an important thing for the early days of the church to be in one accord, and it is necessary for today's believers in Christ to be in one accord. But what does it mean to be in one accord? Because I think we have the wrong perception in our mind of being in one accord, what that means. Being in one accord does not mean that we agree on everything. It would be boring. Same. He makes us unique, and that is awesome. We've got individual personalities and, and, and individual uh, uh, things that, that we like and dislike and, and perspectives and, and passions. Because, you know, one accord doesn't mean that everybody's like, Sunday, Formula One day, we're all going over to Pastor's house and watch Formula One because we're all passionate about that. I know you guys aren't because I'm the only one watching. But I'm passionate about it, and that's okay. We don't have to be in one accord about that. We don't have to be unified in everything. Being in one accord means we need to figure out how to hold on to what really matters and be willing to let go of the rest, to be in one accord with each other. You can't fight everything in your life. Everything in your life can't be a fight. You can't, every thought that you have, every perspective that you have, you can't be like, I'm going to die on this hill. Because I'm going to tell you, you're going to be exhausted, you're going to be grumpy, and no one is ever going to want to hang out with you. I'm sorry to burst your bubble. <laughs> I mean, you're going to be miserable. You've got to learn how to let some things go, and you've got to learn how to hold on to some things. So what are things that we should hold on to, to keep, to be in one accord? How about the gospel? We need to hold on to that. The truth of the gospel message the good news that we're meant to share, hold on to it. Don't let it go. 
As a church, how about we hold on to effective preaching, preaching that makes an impact and a difference in people's lives? I think we should hold on to that. Being a witness for Christ, let's hold on to that. We know it's important. We just read about it next. Loving God. How about the fruits of the Spirit? Let's hold on to those. Some patience, some forgiveness, mercy. We need some fruit of the Spirit. Loving others. Because that is what our Savior did. we got to hold on to that. And love is a choice, not an emotion. We just talked about that at the wedding yesterday. But along with everything that we hold on to, there's some things we've got to be willing to let go of. Well, they didn't play my favorite song in worship today, so I'm just not paying attention to the message. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. You didn't like the song that was played? Let it go. We're meeting again next week. We'll have new songs. Let it go. Well, I don't like the color of the paint that we chose, the paint, you know, whatever room it was. I mean, let it go. Look, as long as it's not splatter paint or neon, I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty cool with it, right? I mean, I want it to match. But I mean, let it go. Let it go. Sometimes we have views on certain portions of Scripture that really don't hold the weight. Now listen, don't, somebody's going to take this the wrong way. You've got to hear what I'm saying. There are some things in Scripture that we fight over that really aren't the main point. Like when it comes to our Savior, that He came, that He lived, that He died, that He rose again. We've got to be on, on page with that. We've got to hold on to that. You don't let that go. But when you start having conversations with other Christians and they view some scriptures a little differently than you, but it's not something that, you know, we're going to like, you know, oh my goodness, this is going to mess up theology forever. Like, where do the dinosaurs fit into the Bible? They do. They fit in. You know, everybody has a different theory. I don't care about those theories. You know what I care about? I care about people hearing about Jesus. That's got to be where the weight's at. I know right now a big thing that's happening is the whole creation uh, conversation. And you can believe in the creation, which, by the way, your pastor believes in the creation. And some people think, hey, it happened in six days. And some people think that the six days is, is saying that really it's 6,000 6, days or 6,000 years or whatever it is. Listen, I have a personal perspective on that. I'm not even going to share it today. Because you know what? It doesn't matter. It's still impressive, and you can't do it. Whether you create the universe, and whether you did it six days or 6,000 years, can you do arguments over things that don't matter? Things that don't matter. You gotta have my view, or you got it's not worth the fight. It's not worth the fight. I serve in the community on several different groups now and committees and all sorts of things. I pick and choose the battles. Because if I make a fight out of everything, I'm not making an impact anywhere. I pick and choose. And I gotta have the Holy Spirit's leading to pick and choose which battles are the ones that we're meant to fight. What are the things that we're meant to be involved in? Because you can't do it all. And I want unity. I want unity because that is the heartbeat of God, to be a unified church, to be in one accord. Focus on the things that bring us together, not the things that drive us apart. Let's be in one accord. Point number two, we need to be present. We got to be present in the moment. When we wait on the Lord, we need to live in the moment. God speaks promises into our life. Sorry, my throat is a little done in from yesterday being outside for that wedding. Jeremiah 29, 11 has a great promise. Here's what it says. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And that's awesome because God is giving us a promise 
for something out here. It's not, in, it's not necessarily in the moment. I think some of these things are happening in the moment, but God talks about a future that he's got for you. And that's great. And we need to have one eye on the future, but we got to have one eye on the present. Does that make sense? God never intends us to have our vision so focused on the future that we miss what's right before us in life, in the opportunities, and the people that God has put in your life. Sometimes we get so caught up in what's coming, what's, the, what's coming, what the future is, we miss out on living in the moment that God has you in. God knows what he's doing. He's been at this a long, long, long time. Eternity is what the word says. He knows what he's doing at the most. Somebody in here, the, most, the longest you've been at this is 100 years. I'm going to go with God's opinion on things. All right? He's got a little more life experience. He knows what he's doing. Be present in the moment. When you're going through a difficult challenge in your life, and you're like, oh, I just I want the promises of God fulfilled right now. Here's how we normally do it. We look and see that the grass is greener on the other side of the fence where the promise is fulfilled. And so we do one of two things typically. We force our way into greener pastures, or what we perceive as greener pastures in our life. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make the blessing happen. I'm just gonna tell you that never ends well. For a season, you might deceive yourself. For a season, you might say, ha, huh, I am now blessed by God. For a season, you might think you've arrived, but I'm going to tell you, it's going to shatter and crumble because it's not a house that God built. Don't force your way through a door and, ca and call it God's blessing. When God blesses you, you're going to know it. And I'm going to tell you another truth. Others will know it too. Because you can't, you can't hide the blessing of God. You can't hide it. It's too big, it's too great, it's too amazing. The second thing that we tend to do is we disconnect altogether. We put our feet up on the couch, and we just say, we'll get up when God moves. And what happens when we do that is you spiritually die. You can say all the, all the rhetoric. You can, you, it can still sound super spiritual, you can quote all the scriptures, but if you are not aware in the moment, if you're not living in the moment that God has placed us in, I'm telling you, you're missing it, and you're dying inside. You're dying inside. You need those. Look, on a boat, in the middle of a storm. <laughs> I'm like, if Jesus did it, I think it's okay for you to take a nap. I think it's okay for you to put your feet up sometimes. We've got to be able to recharge ourselves. But while we physically need to do that, spiritually don't take a nap, church. Spiritually don't check out and put your feet up. Look at what the disciples did. The disciples saw the ministry position, a ministry position needed to be filled from Judas' death. They go, look, we, we, are, we are on the verge of starting something brand new. We have no idea what to do. But God called 12 of us, 12 of us into this. We see the scripture that says, hey, one of us is going to, this is going to happen, and that that position should be filled. While we're waiting on God to fulfill his promise, let's begin to do the work that we can do right here, right now. Let's figure out how this works. 
Let's do the work that God's put right in front of us. While we're waiting for God's promise, we still need to take care of the business at hand. Look at King David. Samuel went to Jesse's house to anoint one of his sons to be the new king of Israel. We find this in 1 Samuel 13. This is how it's written. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. All of a sudden, all of a sudden Samuel's getting nervous, like, I don't know what's going on here. I know what the Spirit's saying, and then we got some, something's wrong somewhere. So we asked Jesse, are all the sons here? Are these all the sons you have? Well, they're still the youngest, Jesse answered. He's tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. He will, I will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came, in power, or came, came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. Do you know where David went, back, went to? Yeah, that's right. He went back to the field. That doesn't fit into our scriptural narrative that we like to have in our own mind. Like, God called me. All right, let's pack our bags, sell the house, let's go. It's a journey to get there. It's a journey to get there. I love this passage of scripture because, look, God is not going to overlook you. All of David's family thought, hey, the prophet's coming to the house. All of us are going to show up. <laughs> David can be out in the field. He's not important. They all overlooked David, but not God. God will not overlook you. Just because you're in somewhere, you're out in a field somewhere, you're with the stinky sheep right now in your life, God will not overlook you. He sees you where you're at. And he saw a heart in David that said, I am going to get to work in the field God's put me in. And then he's anointed king. And he goes back to the field. He had the promise. The fulfillment hadn't come. But one thing I love about David is his heart said, I'm not going to force my hand. When God has called me to be king, he will open the door. Later on in David's life, we see the opportunity he has to slay Saul, the current king. He could take his life and take the throne by his own hand. But he says, no way. If God's called me, it'll be God who installs me. That's really good. It's not even in my notes and it rhymes. <laughs> Write that down. If God called me, he's going to install me. God has promised you a lot of things. God has promised our church a lot of things. There are new, exciting, amazing things coming. They're on their way. Pastor, when are they going to get here? I don't know. But I know they're coming. But now comes the season where we're faithful where we're at. We're faithful in the get your butt off the couch. We serve others well. Whether they're followers of Christ or whether they are the deepest, darkest heathens, we serve faithfully waiting on God's promise. That's where the blessing is, church. That's where the blessing is. Where does the promise get fulfilled? When we're in the field doing the work. When it came time for David to take the next step in his journey in ministry, God made sure to put him on the field where Goliath was. David wasn't even trying to get there. 
He was just being faithful in the field God put him in. You will not miss where you're supposed to be if you are faithful to God in the season that you're in. You won't miss the next season. It shows up. You have no choice but to walk through the door. You can't miss it. But you've got to be faithful where you're at. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and he will make your path straight. When I was 16 years old, God made me a promise. Today I am seeing that promise fulfilled. God called me to be a lead pastor when I was 16 years old. But I had to work the fields to get here. And now I work in this field for whatever comes next. And I want to be found faithful. Work the field that you're in, church. The spiritual position of our life is not this. The spiritual position is on our knees in prayer. The spiritual position is in the field working. Isn't it interesting? The first thing that they did was pray. The next thing they did is act. They prayed in one accord, and then Peter emerged and said, look, guys, we can work the field. We're waiting on God's promise, but let's figure out who can take this leadership position. Let's work in the field that we've got. I know it's difficult sometimes to wait on God for his promises. And sometimes we feel like there's a promise, and the whole world falls apart, and we're like, how in the world could God ever bring that promise to fulfillment. But this, this morning, we have a great opportunity to hear just a quick testimony of that. I'm going to ask George and Judy Gamal, two of our ministry partners, who just happened to be in town. So this was not planned. Uh, this was ordained by God. Uh, and they happened to be in town for a very special reason. I'll let you know what that reason is. But they have a credible story to share with you about the fulfillment of God's promise when it looked hopeless. Thank you, Pastor, and uh, welcome, everyone. Uh, I'm George, my wife, Judy. Uh, many years ago, uh, you were part of a group of people who sent us to Africa. Uh, the Lord had given us an opportunity to go to Uganda to help open the ministry there, and then to Kenya following that. And we want to thank you for that, bring you a quick update. Uh, a lot of things have happened in the meantime. And uh, someone asked me this morning, how's your cancer, George? Well, let me tell you. Eight years ago, last August, I was diagnosed uh, stage four terminal cancer with kidney cancer. Uh, the kidney, the cancer that was in my lungs was gone. I still have a little bit in my hip area, pelvic area. Lost two centimeters of, uh, of uh, height to my right leg, so I've got a lift on that shoe in order for me not to wobble too much and to be able to walk. Um, but God's still at work with that. He has not finished with me yet. Uh, I did go through a little uh, uh, journey. I'll call it got a hold of me. I had a new marriage two weeks ago, Saturday, October 1st. So um, you have, uh, uh, we're going to get some time with some of you later on. If you have any questions, you can ask us more. I'm going to give it over to Judy to share a little bit. 
Yes, and, and George didn't mention that this is his home church from when you were how old? Grew up here. So I've been adopted into this, uh, this family through 40 years of marriage to George, 11 years of divorce from George, and now two weeks and how many hours <laughs> of a new marriage. <laughs> so, And we wanted to come and share it with you, our church family. Um, Pastor, I really appreciate what you're, you're walking us through in terms of what do we do while we're waiting. I have had a lot of waiting in especially in the last uh, 11 years, waiting to see what God would do with the good man I had married who'd gone off into the wilderness for too long. And um, about three years ago, we started talking uh, about the possibility of remarriage. And I kept saying, well, maybe, but not yet. And then he'd wait a year and he'd bring it up again and I'd say, well, maybe, but not yet. And uh, I learned that by, it was maybe six or seven years ago, I was starting over again in the book of Genesis to read through the Bible, and I asked the Lord a question. I said, look, as I start reading through the Bible again, if I miss everything else, what's one thing you want me to pay attention to this time through your word? And he said to me, Judy, pay attention to my timing. Mm, come on. And I knew the difference between Kronos time, which is where we're living, you know, it's 1057 right now and some day in, I don't know what day it, it is, whatever day we're it is. We're in October. Thank you, in October. <laughs> On a Sunday. That's Kronos, that's Kronos time. But God operates in something called Kairos time, meaning when the time is right, the, the scripture, or in the fullness of time. So I'm reading through the Bible. And I get to the, the, um, the passage you were talking about from, from about Moses. And for 400 years, God's people were in Egypt, many of those in slavery. And you can imagine how many generations kept waiting for this promise of a promised land to happen, and it didn't happen. And they kept crying out to God. I sa so I said to God, what did you tell them after 100 years of slavery? And God said to me, I told them not yet. And after, what about 200 years of slavery? Oh, I, I told them, not yet. Is it 300 years? Not yet. And then the generation of Moses came, and then God said, okay, now. And as I read through the whole scripture, the waiting for the Messiah, all those generations of, of Jewish believers who kept waiting for the Messiah, and God kept saying, not yet, not yet, not yet, until one day. He said, okay, now. And so, to tie it in with our story, we've had, I've had a lot of years of, well, not yet, not yet, but earlier this year, completely out of the blue, God said, it's time to move. I want you to move back to Wisconsin. And so I asked George, I said, George, we're not married, but how about you move back to Wisconsin with me? And he did. And we, this was only, what, 12 weeks ago? It wasn't that long ago. And bought a little house back in our hometown in River Falls. And all of a sudden, we both heard God saying, okay, now. And uh, put together a wedding in five weeks. <laughs> and uh, we're married. And just we're, we're living in the fulfillment of a long time of saying of not yet until God said just now. And I would just pass that on to you. Whatever God's been saying not yet to you about, don't give up hope. Um, 
now. I'm in it, uh, but forget about all that. In other words, all the good things that have happened, forget about all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do, for I am about to do a brand new thing. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? So for us, this is a brand new thing. And we're walking by faith, trusting God to show us. Just as I believe you have some brand new things happening here. So we're going to trust God to watch and see what he has for you. Just before we sit down, thank you so much for your ongoing um, prayer support and financial support. I am still working full time with the navigators. Um, at a national level, I help train and raise up new staff to minister the gospel on campuses. So I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness. Um, people say, when are you going to retire? And I keep saying, well, not yet. <laughs> but one of these days, it's going to be okay now. And until then, thank you for your faithful support. Don't sit down yet. I'm going to ask uh, church board if you would come forward. Worship team, if you get ready, because we're going to go into a worship song here in just a minute. We want to we want to bless you today. Um, we realize that your call is not over, and that God has done some amazing things. And so uh, we got together, and uh, we want to bless you as our missionary partners. We believe that God has called you back to Africa for a very special project, and this will help you guys get there. Thank you, thank you, Church family. But that's not the best blessing. We'd like to pray for you today, George. And I believe God is going to completely heal you of your cancer. I don't know if it's right now in this moment, but I do believe that is for you. And the word that God has given me today is just as Jacob wrestled with God and he walked with a limp. You may have a limp, but it will be God's promise to you that he has not done working in and through you in this season. Church board, if we would lay hands on this couple. Holy Spirit, we pray for fresh fire this morning on our ministry partners. Lord, we thank you for the fulfillment of your promise in this marriage. Lord, where the world would have said there is no hope, you said, I am not done working yet. God, you restored a marriage. Lord, you're restoring relationships and you have restored a ministry. Lord, I believe that the best is still yet to come. And Lord, we believe your word says that there were those who were healed. And Lord, as the elders of the church would lay hands on people, they saw miracles happen and transpire. God, may this be a house of miracles. And God, we pray for the fire of the Holy Spirit. Lord, to burn through George's physical body and that you would burn away the cancer and restore his body to health. In the name of Jesus, Lord, this is the hour of great things to happen and transpire. Lord, we pray in faithfulness to you that, Lord, what your word says would take place and happen. Lord, we thank you for this ministry, and we pray a, ble pray a blessing over this couple, Lord, that you may do great and wondrous things through them as they share of the story of what you have done in them and through them. In Jesus' mighty name, and God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Well, we're going to turn around, and we're going to look this way. We want to pray for you this morning.
Because I know for some of you, you need a touch from God. I know some of you need a physical healing. I know this, it is coming. I don't know if it will happen today for you. But I'm praying as if it will. But I will tell you, God's faithfulness is on the way, and it is never late. Would you stand to your feet this morning? God, we for a church that has been fearful. The journey always hasn't been easy. There's been hills we've had to climb. There's been times of discouragement. There's been times of sorrow. But Lord, there has also been times of rejoicing. God, I pray this morning for your people. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Jesus, do what only you can do. We believe that the Lord, the hour and the season is one of miracles. God, that you are about to do greater things than we've ever seen. And Lord, I pray that those who need a healing would receive it totally and completely in the name of Jesus. Lord, from backs that need to be mended to eyes that need to be opened. Lord, nerves that have been firing, misfiring. Lord, we pray it would be healed in the name of Jesus. Lord, that no man should get the glory, but Lord, only you. Lord, would you use our church to touch our community? Would you make us witnesses? Would you give us fresh fire? Would you fill us anew? And Lord, would you help us, God, to see the opportunities in the field that we live in? Lord, to have one eye on the future our King is coming back. But Lord, not to miss the opportunities that you've given us to serve in this community and to share the gospel through word, but also in deed. Lord, may we be found faithful. And God's people said, amen. I know we've been praying a lot, but I see Nick. Nick, would you come, come here? Nick was out late partying with the married couple last night. That's okay, man. That's biblical, all right? Jesus was at the wedding of Canaan, and that was a party. Nick has been called to Japan. I love it, man. This is the fulfillment of so much stuff coming together at just the right time. 2020 was when you said you felt called, correct? Was that right? Yep. 2020. Two years. COVID hit. Everything happened. I've watched your heart, and i watched you go, I know God's calling me, but I'm disappointed. I watched you fill out the paperwork and your text messages going, does this ever end? Will this ever end? <laughs> and all those things. And now we're the last leg of waiting. There's one more piece of paperwork that has to be finalized. We're hoping it happens this week. Nick could be on a plane next Sunday while you guys are here having service. And we did not want to miss this opportunity to pray for someone who has waited and been faithful in the season God had him to. And now the doors of blessing are about to swing wide open for a new pasture for your life. Nick, I say to you, be teachable, be humble, learn all you can, and enjoy the adventure over these next five months. And no matter what you face, Jesus will be with you. God, we pray for Nick and the fulfillment of your promise. Lord, you called him. Lord, you'll, you'll seat him on the throne that he's meant to be seated on. Lord, he didn't do it on his own hand. He walked through the process. And God, you have now opened the doors. And I believe that that's sweeter than ever before. 
We're sending Nick not as a one marshmallow, but as a two marshmallow Christian and follower and disciple to a nation, God, that is foreign to him, the God that you have laid on his heart to be a part of. Lord, I pray that he would just gel with Japanese culture, with the different things that he'll have to learn as he humbles himself to do service in a totally different way. God, we pray for fire for him. We pray, Holy Spirit, move in his life and relationships. God, may he see things that he has never seen before. God, I pray as he prays for students, as to pray, mind of what you're able to do. And Lord, when things get rough, when things get confusing, when he makes mistakes in the Japanese culture, may there be an abundance of grace to catch him. And Lord, may you use him in mighty, mighty ways. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Man, I think we had some church today. We got one more thing. Did you guys have fun in kids' church? Oh, can I get one more high five? Oh, man, knuckles too. Do you guys do knuckles or high five? Both? All right, knuckles. All right. Cool. Thank you, guys. Today, well, actually, the month of October, we uh, celebrate uh, Pastor Appreciation Day. And uh, <clears throat> my name is John Schultz. I'm a board member. This is Dave Bruss and Nancy Nichols, board members. And uh, we just want to show our appreciation to our pastor, and Pam, um, a lot of things that I've noticed being on the board that I've appreciated about our pastor is uh, how he's willing to try new things. He's uh, not afraid of change. And uh, if we have to go in that direction, a different direction, we will. If it doesn't work, well, we'll try something different. And uh, we just... Uh, really appreciate your commitment, your dedication, and your love for this church, uh, your, your heart for the lost, and the reach out to this community is phenomenal, and how you put this church first. We just so much appreciate it. So we do have a card for you and Pam, and a gift card to, uh, for each, and we have one for Riley. Thank you. Riley's not able to be with us today. She had a, a school event, uh, and so she, she is with that. But uh, she definitely loves this church, too, and loves you. Uh, and Pam and I want to say we are honored and blessed to be the pastors of this church. I would not want to go anywhere else because God has called us here. And what an amazing adventure it has been so far. And I believe the best is yet to come. And we appreciate and, and love you and your family. So Dave is going to uh, give a blessing. If everybody could reach an arm out, if anybody's near and wants to lay hands on Pastor Pam, that would be great. Father God, just thank you so much for this great pastor. He's led us through some, some stuff. <laughs> we thank you. We pray now for a blessing on him as he has blessed us. We pray for 
a time of rest right now, but also just throughout, we pray for a sustaining of hope within him. As he has helped so many people through so many things and helped this church through so many seasons, sustain hope within him. Protect his heart. Heal his body from any ailments, Father God. And just let him know and feel your blessings. And we pray the same for Pam and for Riley. Just heap blessings on them and let them feel support and love from this church and from you. Amen. Well, let's close in worship today. Uh, we'll close in worship. Mike, if you'd pray over the offering when you're done. Uh, and then uh, I think vacation officially starts for us. So uh, Jackie's in charge. Uh, so. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Wow. I'm reminded of a scripture verse from Ecclesiastes. In his time, along the vein of pastors preaching and just where the Lord has been taking us today, we're going to sing a song called Promises and about God's faithfulness to fulfill every promise. And the kids used to sing in Sunday school, every promise in the book is mine, every chapter, every verse, every line. Faithful through the ages Abraham, you're the God of covenant, of faithful promises. Time and time again, you have proven, you do just what you say. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I remain steadfast. And let my heart learn when you speak a word, it will come.
put my faith in Jesus. I put my faith in Jesus. My anchor to the ground. My hope and firm foundation. He'll never let me down. I put my faith in Jesus. My anchor to the ground. My hope and firm foundation. He'll never let me down. I put my faith. I put my faith in Jesus. My anchor to the ground. My hope and firm foundation. He'll never thank you lord and we just pray for the offering today lord we have the giving box out in the foyer or you can give online give and it shall be given unto you pressed down shaken together in good measure god will give to those who give to him you are here moving in our midst I worship you, I worship you, do you believe it, he is here, you are here, working in this place, I worship you, I worship you, you are way maker, way
Sing it again, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop you are way maker way Acapella, you are Waymaker. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Sing it again. You are Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God. That is who you are. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we just dismiss your people to go in the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. For he said, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. But my peace I give to you. Go together in the peace of God now in Jesus' name. Amen.